Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli, watch one episode of Buffy Week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Hey, uh, welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We're going to be doing the Hokey Pokey because it's Season 5, Episode 18, Intervention. And it's our 100th episode of the podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening this long. 100 uh, hours of podcast? It's probably more than that, right? Yeah, it's probably about our 150th hour. Well, we average over an hour for sure. Uh, you know what? Stay tuned to the end of the episode and we'll do something special for it being the 100th. I'm going to do a giveaway. I just decided. Uh, I'm your host, cartoonist Dennis St. John. <laughs> you can see behind me my collection of my books. This is my comic shop. Uh, why don't you guys, why don't uh, the rest of you guys introduce yourselves? Um, and I forgot to come up with a thing for this week. Hi, I'm, I'm Travis. I'm going next. <laughs> I, uh, I like Buffy. I'm not the Buffy virgin, though, but uh, nothing cool about me now, except I just ate a new variety of apple that's very good. So that's it. <laughs> so don't tell us what kind. I can't let you guys in on the secret. Do you know uh, there's a variety of apple sold around here that you can only get around here? It's from uh, Sebastopol. I won't tell you what it is either. Um, well, secrets. my name's John. Uh, I'm uh, really excited to have done a hundred of these, and uh, I am exclusively a Granny Smith man. I only eat Granny Smith apples, but I eat at least one a day. So fuck off, Travis. That's, that's such a narrow world view. <laughs> <laughs> I like things tart. I like things tart. What can I say? That was my mom's favorite apple, for sure. My name is Michael. I'm the Virgin. I've only seen Buffy up to season five, episode 18. Basically never seen Buffy. And <laughs> I occasionally get apples. What's your favorite apple? I don't know. The red ones. They, they all have names that we don't. So the newest apple is called Sugar Bee. And it's apparently a brand new variety. Um, and Sugar Bee is crazy good. All right. Thanks uh, for the hot apple tips. Other Coming good apples... <laughs> Would be Ruby John apples, Orleans Renette apples, and Crimson Crisp apples. How about them apples? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's skip reactions and move right into the summary for Intervention. The Summary. Uh, hey, this is John in the Buffy Virgin editing room. We have a special guest for today's summary who has written a song about the events of this episode. Uh, she's not feeling very well, so it might be a little bit hard for you to understand uh, what she's saying. So we have subtitles for the uh, YouTube audience, for people listening to the podcast version. Uh, you're completely out of luck, so I guess you just have to head over to YouTube. Uh, and with that, uh, I'm going to turn it over to our guest. The Buffy Bot. Here I stand, taking hand at your sex robot girl. For a game we 
girlfriend software version ting hung oh, oh, oh everywhere people tear reach and every day yeah, I can see them laugh at me and I want to say Got to find your robot date. Spike, you got to find your robot date. My robot, I can cry. Spike is my best pal. He thought to make me fully functional. I has been covered in the sexy bloody cut. I, I, I just hope all the emotes in my robot All right. So now let's dive right into the great lines for this episode. Great lines. I love uh, uh, the little back and forth between Xander and Spike. Uh, Xander's visiting Spike in his tomb, trying to figure out what's going on with Buffy. And he says, you're a monster. Vampires are monsters. They make monster movies about them. Spike says, well, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> I don't know why this just killed me. So good. And then, okay, one more. I can't help it. Uh, when Buffybot is going through the program of how to connect with Anya, it's like showing Anya's interests or whatever. And one of her interests is money. And so Buffybot's like, how's your money? And then he's like, fine, thanks. Fine, it's great. Like, and she's thrilled to be connected with. I'd love to talk about that bit a little bit later, but it was so much fun. Um, I enjoyed uh, when uh, the Buffybot says, Angel's lame. His hair goes straight up and he's bloody stupid. <laughs> excellent reflection of like, cause I, I feel like that must've been in the specs that uh, Spike handled, yeah. handed off to Andrew that he was like, yep. Uh, and um, I also like uh, Buffy's little words of wisdom that uh, weird loves better than no love, which I feel like is an ethos that is, you know, true, but also could be taken too far. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of your, you had a Dr. Fibes poster in your room for all of high school. That was a uh, love means never have to having to say you're ugly. Yeah. I had that poster for years before I saw that movie. That movie's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have uh, this Anya line talking about the Salem witch trials. I was there. It wasn't really that bad. See, if you were really a witch, you could do a spell to escape. So really, it was only f- bad for the falsely accused. And well, they never have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's like almost a callback to the gingerbread. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. gingerbread episode. Wonderful. <laughs> I like Buffy said, I mean, I can beat up the demons until the cows come home. Then I can beat up the cows. But I'm not sure I like what it's doing to me. <laughs> Strength, resilience. These are all words for hardness. I'm starting to think that being the slayer is turning me to stone. She has all these like serious lines to Giles and Giles is just like not having it. <laughs> He's like, you're just emotional, Buffy. Let's go find you some therapy. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, uh, let's do the kill count. The kill count. 
Uh, three vampires get staked, one robotic KO, one vision quest. Counting the Buffy bot as a slayer, this episode has a series high amount of slayers of three. Uh, one gratuitous robot on vampire sex scene and uh, one extra Xander running around. So let's move on to weird notices of trivia before I explain any of what I just said. Weird noticings. Oh yeah, who decorated Glory's apartment? Because it actually looks well decorated, but she's like a, a demon god. But she has her own sense of style. I mean, she clearly has her own sense of fashion. But it's like, it feels like that would be hard to get all those things in Sunnydale. Like she had to have moved here with them. Do you think it was in the moving truck or did she buy these at retail? I mean, it has an Art Deco vibe. It kind of feels like Angel's Hotel a little bit, Mm -hmm. but in miniature, like one room in the Art Deco Hotel. Yeah. Actually, this episode, I was like, I was thinking, did they shoot this like in the Angel's Hotel? Hmm. Her, Her couch is super custom. Like that red. First, it's red. That's also it's hard to get red couches, but it's an it's like an unusual shape as well. Like and it's extremely long. I mean, that's a custom couch. But I'd like to see a demon version of Queer Eye. I think that would be an awesome show. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Demon Eye for the human eye. Wait, no. Wait, is it Queer Eye for the straight guy? Demon Eye for the human guy. Human guy. That's what it is. Demon Eye for the human guy. <laughs> Sells itself. Coming this fall to Netflix. I mean, the the interest in that show is going to be like two more weeks. It's too bad. But uh, not in podcast time, just in recording time. Uh, gosh, wearing jackets in the desert. What the fuck? Uh, I can't. I like they show this shot of Giles and Buffy getting out of this car and like you're looking through heat vision. It's like because it's so hot in the desert and they're wearing like full on jackets. And I was like, is there must there must be a story reason why that Buffy's wearing this color or this heaviness of a coat so it can come off later and have a transformation of some kind. But geez, these are come on jackets. She's just planning ahead. It gets really cold at nighttime in the desert. Mm-hmm. OK, that's true. And I saw snow. Did, did any of you see snow on when they're in the desert, like snow in, in the shots? Well, I didn't. But OK, I saw it, snow. It does get cold in the desert, so it's reasonable. Yeah. I did notice because I was watching this episode on Hulu and on the widescreen, you can see the cat handler in uh, one scene with the guide cat, which is not a fault of the show. It shouldn't be. And I don't don't at me on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just happy that they used an actual cat. I'm like, oh, man, did they did they green screen this cat? It's like, no, it was really there. Yeah. And it looks so cool. Also. Yeah. And like um, she says, hello, kitty, which I want to bring up uh, later. I think it's season four of Angel. I think that that the scene is referenced again. Hmm. Travis might know what I'm talking about. You can tell it's not a wildcat because it's really fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to fat shame the bobcat. <laughs> I mean, it's living in a zoo or something, right? Yeah, like- it's it's being worked with treats and such. And I mean, it. It looks like a lovely, nice little lynx. Uh, can we talk about Xander's apartment a little bit? Yes. Okay. Please. So I have uh, recently, you know, in the past I've called out Xander because he had this like amazing apartment that he has no way of affording um, and that he ruined it with his own belongings. Um, <laughs> but I actually, in this episode, I feel like Xander's apartment has improved quite a bit. So like, um, if you want to check out some of the screenshots I have there, first of all, uh, 
that table that he's got there in the front, I like the tablecloth, and he has these cool vintage ketchup and mustard bottles that have look, looks like some nice little artwork on there, and it oh, says yeah. ketchup and mustard on the bottles. And one thing I love about Xander is that he has a box of Trivial Pursuit cards out on his kitchen table <laughs> with no Trivial Pursuit board, which I think is a nice idea that you would just be like kind of hanging out and like, oh yeah, ask me a Trivial Pursuit question. While he's got poker chips also. He's just ready for game night. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a chill it's a chill vibe in his apartment. Um but if you look at the reverse shot which you see a little bit later, um you can see Xander has a full tiki bar in Whoa. one corner of his apartment. Oh, he's living it. He's definitely like really going for the California kitsch, including he has a uh if you look like to the right side of that shot, he has an actual surfboard in the corner which I do not think he surfs. I'm sure he surfs as well as he skateboards. <laughs> I mean, maybe Xander's a surfer. We just don't know. But oh, is that a unlikely. skull underneath the lamp? Yeah, he's got this cool, like, I don't know if it's a skull sconce or if it's just a skull and a sconce that are in close proximity. But cool. um, comparing it to the basement apartment, a couple of things I want to point out. Number one is that uh, the surfboard <laughs> has come with him from the basement. So if it's a decorative surfboard, he had the decorative surfboard when he was living in his parents' basement. And number two, the uh, like the pegboard with the tools, the entire pegboard and tools has moved from the da- the basement and become a decorative element that has its own mood lighting in the new apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so like all those exact tools minus one uh, buffing disc uh, are, are bolted to the wall there. I feel like there's a story there, like an argument with his dad that like <laughs> ended with him taking the tool... <laughs> I, I love that. I love that uh, in universe reason. My personal theory is that all those tools are like glued down and it was one prop or like it's just sort of like one massive vacuum form piece of plastic of tools. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it's cool that he's got his old tools there that they have Good their own details. Uh, funny he's got a tiki bar since technically these characters are still 20. <laughs> <laughs> How does he get this lease? This is one of those things where it's like, I really feel like the show should have just jumped ahead like four years for season five. Been like, because the characters are clearly some, supposed to be so much older now. Well, now it's like Tara and Willow were in a master's program and everyone else told school to F off because uh, <laughs> Buffy's living with her inheritance now from her mom passing. And uh, Xander is working as a successful carpenter. But like, you know, it's still like a kind of a kid. <laughs> kid version <laughs> i love that tool frame that's amazing thank you for calling that out i apparently watched this episode but i didn't notice any of this weirdness in his place <laughs> he's got a lot of vhs's does he, he does you can't read any of the labels <sighs> oh, home recordings yeah well uh in this episode of course we got more uh bullshit robot stuff from warren and this is like I can't believe the show is doing this. And in fact, Travis and I were talking about this and it's like, I mean, I'm, you know, why don't they just use magic? Why do we have to even like play this game about a robot at this point? I like the, the, the robot is so good and Warren is such a mess. Like it doesn't make sense. It's like incompatible with reality in such a strong way. It's like, well, just use magic, please. But they don't. (laughs) And, uh, it's like sort of upsetting. And um, yeah, that's that's the end of that, I guess. It's just like, come on, guys. <laughs> I, I think you could come up with some headcanon just to square this circle. Like there's there's probably some like 
demon technology that's like been packaged in a microchip. And if you just know the right guy who like, you know, runs the right factory in Shenzhen, you just like buy the demon chip and you stick it in. That's that's probably the thing. I mean, but think about what it would take to manufacture this thing. And like, it's been what, two, three weeks? <laughs> create this like, let's say he even has like a standard body that he can adjust the sizes to. Like, he's still got to like create that skin. Like... Right, and he did it under duress, right? Which, of course, we know people do the best work when they're being threatened, right? <laughs> and like, and he didn't create any kind of like way for the thing to explode or backfire or like do a thing that would be upsetting to Spike. It literally does everything Spike asked. It's like he's that afraid of Spike, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's that afraid of someone he just met. Like, it makes no sense. Who never actually properly threatened him? I mean, he kind of like is menacing. But he could have been a little more threatening. Uh, okay, I guess uh, we can talk about this throughout because it'll come up. But uh, how many times are we going to see this scene of Spike and Buffy having sex, but it's not really Buffy or it's a dream? I feel like <laughs> these are old 90s tricks to get like really evocative shit in the trailer or the, yeah, like, yeah. the thing that runs the <laughs> floor. And you're like, no way that can't happen. And it's like, it was a dream. Like this is some old nineties television bullshit where you can just continually show a scene to make fans enraged. Cause they've learned the spike Buffy thing. That is like a trigger for a lot of people. It's a trigger now. Yeah. We've definitely learned that. Next so, week on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then that, that, that's <laughs> when you film those the scenes because you, scene. you have a next week on Buffy the Vampire Slayer trailer that plays at the end of this one. Yeah. <laughs> like we could we could run, you know, I mean, they don't do it now, of course, in the same way, but just like at least two or three triggers in every episode you can run in the thing. Triggers. I guess that's a word of now. Yeah. <laughs> rant, rant concluded for now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I just said that Robot Buffy can do a cool steak twirl thing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I mean, like, the, sorry, the, like, Buffy bot spike sex is, like, bizarre and bonkers to me, because it's, like, on one hand, it's, like, really explicit, like, more explicit than I'm used to the show being, um, but on the other, it's, like, it's a robot, and, like, we still keep everything covered, so it's fine, but it's, like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know what's going I, on. I, I want to compare like the, the romance between Buffy and Spike to something blue. It's from season four because like I'm OK with something blue from season four, but I'm not OK with this. I think I know why. Well, I mean, that was magical. And this is a robot. This is just a clone or whatever. Yeah, yeah not, I think a, it's not a clone, a robotic representation. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So something blue, they, they were both under the spell, right? They both like yeah. didn't have control of their bodies. And then now it's like, no, one person is definitely in control. And then he has created this total, this robot with the, someone's face and name and, vo and perfect voice. Like, how did Warren get a perfect, a perfect voice? Like, there was there like a recording that he gave Warren of like Buffy speaking? Had he been like tape recording her? Like, how did he get her? <laughs> There's so many problems. But yeah, it's, it's the robotics. It's, it's the weird robotic sex thing. I just... It just does not work. It totally breaks the show for me. I mean, it's got to be like John said, where it's like magical technology. Because like Spike had all of Buffy's belongings. And so he could just show up and drop a sweater and whatever off. And it has her essence. And it, that's got to be enough to build your <laughs> clone. 
or your robot. I'm sorry, I keep saying clone because it's I, I clearly. I don't think uh, Travis's objection is that it's unbelievable. I think Travis's objection is that it is so cringy that it that it's uh, ruins the magic of the show. Am I right? Oh, it's both. It's both. It's so cringy it ruins the show, and it's totally unbelievable. The thing is, the show's not shy about using magic. So if you haven't seen Warren cast a magic spell to make this robot, odds are it's not a magic spell. Right. When is when the show shied away from using magic? Yeah. Also think about like how much information Warren now has on Buffy. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he really, he really is the young, like, Mark Zuckerberg. He's just, like, hoovering <laughs> up information, and that's his real power. Yeah. <laughs> also, when did, um, we'll talk about this later, I guess, but when did um, Spike realize or learn that Xander is a carpenter? Did he, does he ever learn that? Because that's programmed into the Buffy routine. I think, I think he keeps pretty good track of these people. He just keeps right? tabs. Okay. <laughs> what else has he got to do, really? I mean, it's it's the simplest version of a personality. I mean, it's like Carpenter. That'd be like saying Dennis would be like, likes comics. <laughs> and it's like, how are your comics? I oh, mean, they're I, fine. I, Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> this is how, like, I talk to coworkers, though. Where it was like, search the <laughs> file for the one thing I know about. Display. Like, oh, how is baby? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, robot versions of ourselves. I mean, that is that's so you're right. It totally works. Like to know like one word that like will get you another conversation. Hey, how's your astronomy stuff going? And then just see ya. Actually, this plays upon Mike was asking me about augmented reality at, at lunch slash dinner. And Sorry. I'm like, you know what? If you if you were in classes that showed up some simple information, I'm sure Mike would be all over augmented reality. That, that <laughs> shows up like excellent episode of Sherlock that uh, yeah. is premised on this. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. All right. Well, was what's the reason for Glory's minions to kidnap Spike and not also Xander? Did they not see Xander? They just don't give a shit about Xander, right? Because they think Spike is the key, right? And also that the minions are stupid. Like that's the point of the minions is <laughs> yeah. that they're really dumb. I just want to find it. Like I still associate because I'm more of a Buffy fan than like um a DreamWorks Pictures fan or whatever. I <laughs> still associate the term minions with these characters. So. Like when that when those minions banana things became really popular, I was like thrown for a little while. These will always be my minions. <laughs> so I get that they're dumb, but why why do they think that Spike is the key? Just because Buffy's now protecting him? Yeah, because she cares for him above all others. Cause they were watching they were watching the robot Buffy. Gosh, they are so dumb. This episode is, I mean, that like the minion kind of running around is it's pretty dumb. And that like, I, I don't know, uh, this feels like filler episode to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a comedy episode. It's not I don't know if it's filler, but it's a comedy episode. There's a there's a shot where like Willow walks from her class and then like she turns a corner and the minion pops yep. out. Yep. And I was like <laughs> the way that is angled. She had to. She would have seen him <laughs> directly at him. <laughs> yeah, I had the same thought. 
Well, I, I love the detail where BuffyBot oh, yeah. can't pronounce Giles. She calls him Giles. Oh, yeah. yeah what, a, what, a, what kind of idiot would call him Giles? I can't imagine who for uh, like the first 10 episodes of the podcast would 10? call him Giles. No, that can't be 10. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I started freaking out when I was watching this episode. I'm like, it's Mike, so nice of the show Mike. to do a shout out to Michael that way. <laughs> I, yeah, it felt like an in-show reference. I felt like it was personally attacked by that joke. <laughs> and then Buffy gets it wrong also. Yeah, yeah, when Buffy gets it wrong, that was amazing. Oh, man. That was almost worth the price of admission. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost worth making 100 episodes of this podcast to get here. Yeah, just to have a callback to a season. That's like a season one podcast callback. <laughs> Dang. Uh, they're really listening to us. <laughs> so the spike torture scene uh, You can just really get away with a lot of abuse On a vampire um, Like you can peel their skin Like it's fine It's a vampire uh, Also I just like I love Glory's acting in this The way she like disdainfully smells him at the beginning It's like A plus Do we ever forget why Glory can't go out in public? I mean she does go out in public right? She it's went like, to the why magic these shop minions- why do they send a minion to do a god's work? That's I a good feel point. like it's yeah, not fully explained. Yeah, she's lazy. She's got that big couch, you know. It's a lot of spying around for her. She's not that type. Yeah. Um. So Xander with the callback to Toth. I like that. Hey, I know this. They're both Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great too. <laughs> But it's so it's so great that they can't they did not recognize that that was Buffy Bot. I mean, it was so clearly Buffy Bot. Yeah, so clearly. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that episode. later. Yeah, yeah. I, they just need to tell that they can like because every one of them has had something effed up happen to each other, right? They need a tell that says like, "Hey, something's up." <laughs> it's at this dance. point, all three of the main of the the main three have run into their own doppelgangers. Yeah, Lilo, <laughs> Xander, and Buffy. Wow, That's, you know. That's something that only Giles happens on a right? show like this. Yeah, or we Star haven't Trek. had two Gileses yet. Uh, you could make a prediction about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, totally. Yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it's in the final confrontation scene in Glory's lobby, uh, where Kelly Donovan is playing Xander in this scene. Um, I, there, that's a big thing, I guess, in this episode is that Nick Nicholas Brendan got pneumonia pneumonia um and uh his twin brother who played evil xander in uh um the toth episode whatever that was called uh had to step in for a few scenes and i'm not 100 percent sure which episode which scenes they are but i think it's in that scene and i know yeah, john that's right. has done some research so check out the uh screenshot there at the bottom um i think that's totally kelly donovan from what uh i can see that's from yeah. that, that very scene um he seems to have He's, you know, obviously they're identical twins. He seems to have slightly softer features is my observation about Kelly Donovan versus Nicholas Brendan. Oh, I also pulled up a screenshot. I'll drop it in the doc now. Where I just thought it could be Nicholas Brendan, but I was just like, I've never seen Xander make this face. Sorry, I make this weird face before. Must be a clone. <laughs> It's just Hard a weird to tell face. In that one. It is a weird yeah. face. And it's just not, not a typical Nicholas Brendan expression. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, I've, I've learned a few things about shooting twins already. You got to do it in the dark, just like you would with a good monster. <laughs> <laughs> or in a fight. Uh, and I just think it's funny that in this episode where Sarah Michelle Gellar has to do double duty as both her both uh, Buffy and the Buffy bot, that Nick Brendan only does half duty. <laughs> just fast forwarding a little bit to the final scene. Buffy comes in, imitates the Buffy bot for a second uh, to try to kind of like figure out if Spike has uh, given the goods to Glory. And when she finds out that Spike has not, that he was strong and he endured torture and didn't didn't, uh, you know, let Glory know that Dawn is the key. She kisses Spike, which I think is gross. And I think like it's fine that like Spike is, you know, has this inner core of nobility in spite of whatever other kind of a creep he might be. Um, I think that's in, that sort of makes his character more interesting. But she kisses him, which I feel like is this um, like giving in to Spike's point of view, which is to say that like uh, to reward him with a romantic gesture because he did the right thing is uh, playing into Spike's view of the world that if he's if he's good enough, he'll earn he'll earn a romantic attention from Buffy. And then so she gives him a little bit of romantic attention because he's good enough to me is Buffy playing into Spike's worldview and spike's view of their relationship which is creepy and wrong and not good so i really wish that she had found another way to uh, acknowledge his contribution other than kissing him full on the mouth that would have been nice yeah i agree i totally agree that's fantastic i i disagree just a little bit um just because uh in this episode she's trying to find out you know can she love is she always going to be feeling hard or emotionless. So maybe this is like her version of, maybe it's not necessarily about Spike. Maybe it's her version of seeing like, can I be open and connect with someone who did something for me that I care about emotionally? So it could maybe even not even be about Spike, but it could just be about her trying to connect with someone about having emotions. Um, not that I like Spike as a character. I don't, but I don't have the same Mm, I don't have the same problem as you do with the scene necessarily, if it's taken in that context. Uh, you can't kiss your stalker. I think like that's a huge mistake. <laughs> well, she can do whatever she wants. You shouldn't kiss your stalker, but. You don't I'm solve not, your stalker problems by kissing them. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I think they're both. I think you guys both make good points. Um, Cause I think the way the show, the, episode it's like it's that her love for dawn is more powerful than her creepy feelings yes towards, you know which is not the point i was making that so the the, the show is in john's favor that he, she shouldn't do it but or, she does it right well they i think john's point is is reinforced because the show doesn't take it the way that i take it um so i definitely agree with john with how the show was trying to make it look like and i think that is icky also, uh, just Spike immediately can tell because Buffy kisses differently from the bot, I guess. Yeah. So his his guess, his complete guesses about how Buffy kisses were not. Although he should he should know they made out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fooled by her words. Right. But the physicality, that's hilarious. Um, all right. Well, that is weird noticing the trivia. So let's move on to uh, questions for the group. Questions for the group. 
Uh, Mike, why don't you start us off? Sure. So I love how in this episode we get to see all these scenarios run for a Buffy bot. And her scenarios are pretty simple. It's it's not clearly like mostly sexual scenarios. But then she also has uh, slaying and locate spike as her main programs. Um, yeah, I mean, what? So besides besides the obvious, like, you know, sexual things that you program into your fantasy robot, what else do you program into your bot uh, that's based on the person you're most attracted to? I feel like you're asking us right now to get into the mind of like a creepy stalker. Uh, which I can do, but <laughs> I choose not to. I, I think I think you go first, Michael. Is this the way that this question goes? Okay, sure. Well, I think that locating is very important. Obviously, Facebook and uh, all of our surveillance technology has taught us that a location program is essential, and locating me specifically. So I'm in on I'm in on that. However, I'm rarely accosted by anyone, and I don't want my you know, my robot assistant, I'm going to call it an assistant, uh, is also uh, like beating people up. I think that's bad. It's bad for everybody. Also, it's going to get caught or discovered. I think the other program it has is hide because Spike doesn't have a good hide program. He's like tries to explain, like, go over there and just stay there. Right. And now that, of course, overwrites the scenario where it's supposed to fight or do slang, which is a bummer for him. Uh, anyway, you just need a hide program with some a few different adjustments, like hide in the closet, that kind of thing <laughs> when you have company. Etc. Um, besides that, uh, probably a program that um, records an episode of the Buffy, po- like edits podcast, would be great. <laughs> podcast edit function. <laughs> All right. uh, I mean, it, it's that, that's where I'm. That's where I'm at so far on my minimal amount of programs. Also, find my phone would be great. <laughs> and drive me places. Okay, gosh, I guess I have so many things. So many I, folders. I think you're missing out on the sex part of the sex robot. Well, I mean, then it's just describing the positions, right? That you're like the sexual scenarios you want to be in. In which case, I, w- I mean, w- touche, I won't do that. <laughs> do you think those folders that contain the positions contain drawings or like 3D <laughs> models? Drawings, 3D models, or um, scanned photos? I mean, all of the above. I mean, that that's fantastic. I didn't even think about 3D models. I would assume just like, you know, A, B, you know, C, really simple if then statements. Oh, yeah. So just words. OK, yeah. Yeah. Just like well, code. Have you ever done it's any, just code. Uh, 3D printing. It's it's the it's the STL file. You need there you to, go. Like... <laughs> uh, so I ask, um, is the Buffy bot practicing by erasure on Willow, um, which is kind of a, a big thing in the Buffy community that like Willow never identifies as by. Um, and the Buffy bot doesn't identify her as bi, but just as gay from 1999 to present. Um, <laughs> so this is another thing where I might be stepping into like a hornet's nest here, but, um, whether people interpret Willow as, as lesbian or bi, uh, but the I mean, robot she seems self to identifies as, as gay, right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like the, the, the bot at least is not doing anything wrong in that it is completely going with the way that Willow seems to frame it. Although I guess the question is, would Willow frame herself as having always been gay or would she frame herself as being suddenly having this 1999 switcheroo, which is where the way the robot frames it? I don't know. I mean, she does identify, I think, herself as gay or lesbian because she has that phone call with Cordelia. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And there's the line, hello, gay now, which. Um, oh, yeah. 
It's right. Might might again support that the way that li- at least the way not that the sh- I mean the show might have some really uh, regressive ways of thinking about it, but at least the robot is thinking about mm-hmm. it the same way that the character does. Yes. So we can't blame yeah. the robot. Yes. We can blame the writers, but maybe not the robot. <laughs> Hell yeah, we can blame the writers. Uh, my question for the group, did anybody here, uh, like Dawn, uh, have a klepto phase? We haven't yet talked about Dawn stealing jewelry. Anybody here have a klepto phase? I never did. I don't think I ever stole things much. Much or at all? I can't think of a specific thing I've stolen, uh, aside from stealing from work, which isn't stealing. <laughs> <laughs> I might have picked a couple things, but we... <laughs> uh, like, when we were doing... <laughs> cinephile we had a a friend who is a very engaged shoplifter i guess absolutely Um, very positive about shoplifting and i maybe that might have influenced me a little bit but um it's weird because it's not like it's not during a kid phrase in our lives that this happened it was an adult phase what were the pro arguments for shoplifting it's easy (laughs) (laughs) and it's free what wait what did you take Oh, I might have taken a couple of uh, art pens from Hobby Lobby. Oh, well, Hobby Lobby. Obviously, you're in a morally superior situation. Right. Hobby Lobby. <laughs> it might arguably be morally better to steal from Hobby Lobby than to give them money. Oh, totally. <laughs> but, you know, when you're hanging out with somebody who every week is giving you the virtues of it and you're like, I am very poor right now. Yeah. And I can't afford these pens I want. That dude never paid for yogurt. How was that? How did he not pay for yogurt? He stole yogurt constantly. Like, cu- cups, yogurt cups, or yogurt? Yeah, frozen? yogurt cups. Yeah, yogurt cups. It was his, it was a, he had a like simple rule that was like steal things from a thing store and food from a food store. Never steal things from a food store because that's how you get caught. That makes no sense. <laughs> I don't remember him saying that. Anyway, we can. I might have to cut this conversation down yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I'm not super <laughs> happy with having admitted this. Um. <laughs> oh, one time I walked out of a grocery store with a basket full of items. Like I was just really absent-minded, forgot. just totally forgot. I walked out and then like walked halfway away down the block and I was like, "Wait, what am I doing?" And I walked back in and then I paid for all the groceries. It was a very it was just one of those days where Travis where all my executive programs were not were not booting up at the same time. Let's just say that. <laughs> one had a loop <laughs> one was in a terminal loop and the rest of the programs were trying to compensate so i didn't steal anything i went back but it was i felt very foolish then you found out how easy it would be to get away with it uh all right uh let's move on to themes and deep stuff deep stuff Uh, Mike, I believe you have a song lyric for us. You can't always get what you want. (laughs) But if you try sometimes, you best might find you get what you need. Man, that's what I was thinking when I saw themes and stuff in this episode. Um, I feel like Spike has learned nothing from this episode, (laughs) except that... (laughs) But he gets... but he gets, you know, gets that kiss at the end. And I was bothered by it um, because he does get what he wants. Like he gets a real kiss for doing something noble, which is not telling someone about Dawn. 
not telling Glory about Dawn. Fun about that. And then um, maybe we can talk about this also, but like, you know, Buffy gets kind of that am- ambiguous advice or like ambiguous therapy from the the first Slayer and also isn't quite getting what she needs. Um, so, so it feels like even though this episode's called Intervention um, and you'd, you could see that how this kind of intervention is playing out it just feels a little it's like a episode's like kind of dissatisfying <laughs> but people are you know getting some they're getting something they need but it's not it's not what they want like spike gets something he needs which is um some kind of physical acknowledgement from buffy ditto buffy gets you know some advice from the first layer but it's not what they want and they're both kind of left in a weird place um I still don't think she's kidding Spike, but that's another thing. Anyway, what th- thoughts about that? I mean, that's that's kind of where that song there came from <laughs> in my mind. It's also the Rolling Stones. If you guys aren't familiar, Rolling Stones. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, good read, Mike. Uh, and the thing of like, you get what you need. Like Buffy got the advice she needed, but it's all encoded and mystical, right? So it's up to her to interpret. Uh, which I'm sure drives you crazy, Mike. But uh, I mean, I know what it means. I, I I was able to code it. All right. Well, that's a question for the for predictions, baby. Uh, so Buffy talking about uh, begins this episode talking about how she's not feeling as much as she used to, and um, then at the end she finds out she's full of love and stuff. But just the idea of like um, that it gets when you get. Maybe when you've gone through a lot of experiences or maybe when you get older or something, um, it does become harder to connect with your own emotions. I feel like that's something I've experienced. Do you guys feel that way? Yeah, I think that again, yeah, I chose those lines as my best quotes, but I definitely think that that's the best part of this episode is just talking about, you know, kind of like this emotional fatigue and, and, and experience life experience fatigue. Interestingly, that a TV show would be more serious because most times TV shows are, you know, kind of the happily ever after, uh, you know, sort of concept. Of course, Buffy is the exact opposite. So not surprising. But um, yeah, I mean, those are definitely normal. What I would say normal mid 20s, you know, or later feelings of relationships that don't work out, you know, important adult things, parents passing away, siblings passing away, et cetera. Um, And, you know. Outside of being the Slayer, Buffy doesn't have a whole lot of identity issues. Like, doesn't have a whole identity really outside of being the Slayer. So, I think, mm. to me, I really like that part of the episode. So, I kind of understand where, at the end, she kisses Spike. You know, it is funny during the rest of the episode that it's like an intervention for Buffy Bot being with Spike. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of silly. But, but her, her concerns are, I feel, totally valid. Yeah, and I, I don't know why no one else is thinking that at all. They're all kind of like, let's get Buffy feeling better. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, can't you guys process what has happened to you living in this town? I mean, you guys are only 20, <laughs> but geez, Louise, let's think of all the horrible things you've been through. But no one has been quite as no one's been through quite as much as Buffy. Yeah, that's a really True. good read. Trev and moves on to moves into the next thing I was going to talk about. But I wanted to sit on this for a second of saying like, you know, these are characters who are just twenty despite their adult lives, 
And so they're just coming off their teenage years and like their hormone levels are for the first time like ratcheting down, <laughs> which is good for them. But it is like like nothing's going to be quite as intense as their teenage feelings, you know. Um, so it's a lot to like, I don't know, it's a lot to take on for Buffy to feel like it's because of her slayerness that she's feeling things less. Like maybe she was just feeling things too much before. Like you're not, yeah. Riley's not going to have the same level of emotional feelings as your um, angel relationship, right? As your star-crossed lover, Angel was. Yeah. Uh, so I think she's just being too harsh on herself. Yeah. And she should get ready for not feeling things for the rest of her life. Yep. <laughs> I like how Giles like doesn't reinforce like that. Like she's experiencing normal feelings. Like Giles is all like, no, 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 it's. He's like, oh, it's just because you're, in, you know, breathing. It's just because you're, you know, you're grieving the loss of your mother. I mean, it's like totally tone deaf. I mean, of course, Giles is not like some great emotional barometer. I mean, how many girlfriends of his have ended up dead, right? Um, he's he's well, just he, the one we know of. Well, just the one we know of. But then he did a bunch of shady things back in London, England. This is just uh, this is not another <laughs> opportunity for you just to trash Giles out of nowhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. He didn't even. Don't get me started. You, no one did. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself started. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I'll move on to the next theme I thought of. I'm just like, what does it say about Willow and Xander's view of Buffy that they don't immediately pick up on Buffy being a robot? Um, and I think like this, Travis kind of brought this up with the idea of like Buffy doesn't necessarily have an identity outside of being a slayer. And like it brings back also like um, references to me to the episode Restless, where we get to see Buffy from both Willow and Xander's dream point of view. And they both have weird, weirdly inaccurate versions of Buffy running through their head um, that do kind of match the Buffy bot. And it's almost like these are her best friends, but they almost consider her still this character from before the show even began. The version of Buffy that lives up to the name Buffy, you know, <laughs> right. Um and it's just weird because Buffy has grown so much and is like, you know, she's not this like, like valley girl, you know, she's like, um, a, like a much like drier, more like, um, she's sarcastic. Girl. She's, yeah. she's questioning, you know, I mean, it definitely is super, super awful that they can't recognize her. I mean, and props to Sarah Michelle Geller who did an amazing job acting this episode. Like I could tell when she was the Buffy bot, of course, when she was regular Buffy. And then she even does it, her acting subtle enough that you can tell when she's being, pretending to be the Buffy bot. Like her acting is so good at the end scene. Mike, you may not have been able to tell, but like I could tell instantly. (laughs) Yeah, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like, uh, it's the same as like Tatiana Masanali being able to do her different clones at playing each other in uh, Orphan Black. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, amazing acting but it's like i mean it it does it does show that that they do have a very simple-minded view of her um that doesn't that doesn't match up to reality which i don't know why they have that view of her yeah after everything they've been through with her it's like they just don't see her as growing the way that she is which not good friends man not good friends I mean, they are very introvert. I mean, at the time right now, they're very into their own lives, which is very accurate for someone in their 20s, like to be really all about their lives and their, you know, their boyfriends or girlfriends. That part's accurate. But I'll admit, it's not like Buffy has really had a lot of chill episodes where she talks about 
like fish or the string cheese incident. <laughs> we know she listens to music, but it's, it, I'll admit there hasn't been a lot of like Buffy chilling with, with like int- like self-interest episodes where she's journaling or something. She hasn't had a lot of those times on screen. Well, so. we know she feels passionately about uh, Kung Fu movies, getting things wrong. Um. Yeah. And then John Prine, she likes John Prine. I mean, there's like things that she likes, but it, you're right. It's not like, Buffy's at, oh, she's had her ice skating thing. So that's something that she's had, like, n- like self, you know, an interest. I, I, mean, I guess they're, they're using the timing, though, right, of the, you know, his, her mother passing away, you know, because Joyce is gone. And so that was kind of the justification for, like, you know, I, th- I think Xander and Anya were like, well, you know, she's having sex with Spike, but, you know, her mom just died. So crazy, right? Just anything can happen. Yeah. And I feel yeah, like and they, that, they are like, oh, something's off with her, but they're not like. This isn't really Buffy, you know. <laughs> but I mean, for for group group of people that just fought a recent um, robot, like right. just a few episodes, like they could make that logical leap that this was a Buffy robot. And the main joke in the robot episode previously was that everybody immediately knew Instantly. it was a robot Instantly. and it wasn't a mystery. Instantly. That was that was a recurring joke throughout that episode. So yeah, I, I mean, I think it says less about the characters and more about what serves this particular story. Yeah, probably. All but, right, uh, fine. But your insights I, are, are, are are well received. I'm just saying, if one of you guys showed up acting totally different and very mechanical, I'd be like, I'm sorry, you're not Michael. You're the Michael bot. Are you so sure? <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, yeah. No, no, we would know. Oh, would you know? I I mean, I, I, th- I think, like, I like where you're going with that conversation a lot because I like the idea that we have versions of each other in our minds and so you could very easily trick someone into thinking someone was you know someone in disguise because there's so that your your assumptions about someone are based on like probably things from the past right like right. we are still making these star trek jokes about you as if you're into them i we probably would have made star wars jokes about travis for you know ever except travis has a new identity which is fine but uh <laughs> Just like I feel like you, you know, I, I think we all like keep these weird versions of each other alive long, way longer than they're useful or even right. And like maybe to torment people or whatever, but like or to show like a special connection. But we totally do. And like they're simplistic, I guess, like they're I guess they're following for Buffy bot. Like I think I probably follow I probably fall for Buffy bot like pretty frequently or I would fall for that pretty frequently because like my versions of people I don't see very often or I just see on social media, like I am totally disconnected from those relationships. And if they post another thing that fits with that story that I recognize, like, um, you know, a bunch of people still think I'm really into pinball for whatever reason, because, uh, I was into pinball in, uh, Florida. And I, this is only related in that people are like, I get sometimes random people sending me cool pinball machines. I'm like, Hey guys, I, I literally don't care. That's like a hobby from eight years ago. But uh, <laughs> but we haven't talked, so I can see why you think that's my thing still. And I mean, spiritual growth is different than your hobbies, but I'm doing that because it's easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I think it's, it's easier to talk about the things you like versus your... Oh, yeah, what happened after, you know, like, yeah, dealing with, obviously, like, death, emotional change, divorce. I'd say divorce is the craziest one because... That's what I'm seeing as an adult where people are going through radical changes uh, and then divorce is done all in secret. Like where marriage, you know, we're finding, you know, if you get invited to a wedding, if it's a second wedding, maybe not. 
But for divorce, it's like people just disappear. They delete their profiles. They change their names. And they don't tell anybody except their closest friends. And that's where you get that like kind of bot world where you're like, wait, did I misremember something? Because I feel like every picture of those two people together was just deleted. (laughs) 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 Where they rewrite the memory of reality. That stuff's nuts. I I don't want to name names, but that's happened to me this past week. And that felt crazy where a couple I know divorced, but didn't obviously didn't tell me, but I just detectived it it out. Uh, But their behaviors online would never lead me to believe that they had went through a huge emotional change. All right. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, that you got that rant. You're welcome. And that's what the themes and deep stuff is all about. <laughs> and I think we did well on it this week, uh, which is interesting because this is kind of a more comedic episode. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let's cut it and move to recommendations. Recommendations. Um, so my recommendations this week all deal with robot doppelgangers. And I was like, not about to have any kind of clone doppelganger or, uh, you know, doppelganger from a different dimension. It's got to be a robot that at some point is mistaken for the real person or people or creature. So it starts with the best robot doppelganger movie, which is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. 1974. Is Mechagodzilla um, mistaken for Godzilla? He is. When he first bursts into the scene, nobody knows what's going on, because by this time in the series, Godzilla is pretty much a good guy. And suddenly Godzilla bursts from a volcano. What the fuck was he doing in a volcano? Last time we see him, he w- saw him, he wasn't in a volcano. He starts wrecking shit up. His best friend, Angerus, knows something is wrong. And so he sends out the call with his kaiju scream and fights him and gets destroyed. But be in oh. the process, a little fleck of his skin is torn off and we see a shine and it's not until the real Godzilla shows up and fire breaths, atomic breaths him that we see all of his skin burn off and it's Mecha Godzilla, <gasps> a robot from the planet X. Did you study this scene? Oh my gosh. No, I just, I watched this movie recently, but it's a really great movie. Uh, and if you're into the Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla movie, then you should watch the Terror of Mechagodzilla also. And then um, back, and then late, and then in the '90s, there's a couple more Mechagodzilla movies. But you got to start with Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. All right, I'm also going to recommend The Last Starfighter, which also has a robot uh, replacing a person, but this th- time not for nefarious reasons. Not all robots are evil. Um, <laughs> And uh, then these are already recommended on the podcast, but they're worth bringing up again. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey has both good and evil robot usses. Uh, and the ro- <laughs> evil robot Bill and Ted are the worst. Um, and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. There's an evil toy company that can build robots and might replace your girlfriend. <laughs> For nefarious reasons. All right. Those are my rest. Also, Star Trek Season 1, Datalore. Yeah. Uh, Data is already a robot, but he does have a robot doppelganger that's mistaken for him. Thank you, John. That should always be a thing of which next gen episode do we recommend? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do predictions. Virgin predictions. 
Okay, taking a look at predictions. Michael, your overall accuracy at this moment is a 64.79. And your accuracy for this season is a 68.29. So let's see what we can do about that. Uh, so, oops. Buffy Season 3, Episode 11. Michael, you predicted that no parent will mention the witch hunt again. It never happened. And, of course, that still doesn't happen this episode. Uh, but as Dennis pointed out, uh, the characters had a clear opportunity to mention this and bring it up, talking about the Salem witch trials. And just they also just didn't mention it. So. They forgot their own history. I mean, it's crazy <laughs> to me when Anya is like, oh, real witches could escape. Willow, like, nobody's like, well, Willow was a real witch at the time, and she didn't escape. And uh, <laughs> by the way, we still have a rat. Uh, in season four, episode 21, Michael, you predict that the Scoobies will use the primeval spell again. Dennis, why did you select this one for um, discussion? Even though the primeval spell doesn't get used, the primeval spell does call up the first slayer, who we see again. And it led to um, the dream sequence and re led to Restless. And uh, since Buffy literally visits the same dreamscape in Restless, I just felt like it was worth bringing up. That mm. um, it's almost like the the primeval spell still has some sort of connection with her, where she could still enter that dreamscape a little. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Not a confirmation or denial, but an interesting point. Um, similarly, uh, no more uranium powered monsters. Michael predicts in the very same episode. Uh, we don't know what the power source is for the Buffy bot or, uh, any other Warren, Warren type androids. Uh, anybody want to make the case that it's uranium? I don't think so. All right. Well, I mean, well, what is it though? I mean, it, it seems to be able to hold a really large charge. This sucker's electrical. <laughs> anyway, uh, now getting into some more meaty predictions. Uh, in season five, episode 15, Michael predicted that Spike's Buffy bot will malfunction. I think we can say that that did happen. Uh, I mean, it was smashed a bit and sort of dropped to the floor. Can we count that as a malfunction? I think it's a malfunction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is confirmed. Uh, Michael also predicted that Buffy will fight the Buffy bot. That doesn't quite happen this episode, does it? No, I think it's a little surprising that it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it could still happen in the future, so we'll have to leave that open. Please do. Uh, so, Michael, your uh, new score, your overall accuracy, is now at a 64.91, and your accuracy for this season is a 68.29. Did that go up or down? It went up, because you only had one confirmation and no denials. Uh, good job, Mike. Yeah, good job, man. Thanks. The more you watch, uh, the easier it is. And I, I can't wait to make more predictions with what we have left of season five here. Not much going on. Um, so uh, I think that uh, Buffy will, based on the way people were treating her in this episode, uh, she'll get a pass from her friends to do something messed up because her mom is dead. Uh, something messed up because of her mom because her mom passing um i think based on the what the slayers so the first slayer is kind of a confusing character that we just want to talk about here but the slayer the first slayer gives buffy this wisdom and lets her know that her 
uh, her love um, is going to, uh, you know, like she can get back in touch for love, but you know that her gift is death, right? Like, is is that is that the prediction? Am I missing some aspect of this? Because that's that's kind of important. Uh, it's uh, love will lead her to her gift, and then death is her gift. Love will lead her to her gift. Her gift is death. Well, she loves all her friends, so I like the forebodingness of like all her friends will die. So, um, but and her gift is death. So I, th- I think Buffy will have to sacrifice her life for her friends. Now I know I've got some Buffy death stuff here, right, in our predictions. So I need to be specific. But Buffy is going to sacrifice her life for her friends. Is that a read of that? It can uh, be a prediction if you want it to be a prediction. I, mean, I, I want it to be. Yeah, Buffy okay. will sacrifice her life for her friends. Um, people are going to be scared of getting gifts, gifts from Buffy. She's going to tell people, of course, about the prediction. They will literally be scared of getting gifts from her. Uh, Buffy bot will be used as a decoy in a future episode. There's no reason why you wouldn't use Buffy. I think, let me be specific, when Buffy dies, real Buffy, they'll use Buffy bot as a replacement until the real Buffy returns somehow. But uh, yeah, Buffy boy will be used as a decoy of some kind. Um, and there will be no doppelganger, copy, twin, or bot of Giles or Giles. <laughs> and that's my, I think I'm going to make uh, the super prediction. Uh, Buffy bot will be used as a decoy. Sounds like some good predictions for the log. Uh, if you'd uh, like to follow along at home at uh, BuffyVirgin.com, the spreadsheet of predictions is public. Oh, nice. Um. All right. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, I at the top said I'd do something special because it's the hundredth episode, and I decided uh, the first three people to DM me either on the Twitter page or the Instagram page with uh, your favorite episode of our podcast, not of the episode, not of the show, but favorite episode so far of our podcast. Uh, I will will mail you uh, a copy of Monster Mugshots, the Buffy. Uh, virgin fanzine with uh, that I've that I made. So just um, first three people, because um, that's how many copies I have left right now. Uh, but if I have to print more, I'll print more. Um, just uh, yeah, message me. I'll tell you if you won, and then give me your address, and I'll mail you out a copy. What about our international uh, fans? Oh, it sounds crap. like you're shipping internationally too, right? I guess I am. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't say I wouldn't, so I got to deal with that. That's on me. We got that one listener in Iceland. <laughs> what's the most I expensive ship place to, to ship? the UK? <laughs> like, what's the most expensive place to ship an ounce of paper? <laughs> Australia. The International Space Station. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I got that NASA hookup. I can uh, ship to the space station. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Thank you guys for listening for 100 episodes. Uh, I've been Dennis St. John. Uh, one of the things I've been working on uh, is this uh, show, uh, Snoopy in Space, an animated series that's on Apple TV Plus, uh, 12 episodes of Snoopy in Space. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dennis Comics. That's at D E N I S C O M I X. My mini comic, Dennis St. John's. Monster Club Comics is available on DennisComics.com, uh, along with uh, Land of Many Monsters and Many More Monster Tales, Amelia, Monsters and Girls book, and more. All right. Uh, well, thank you one and all for listening to us. Uh, you can visit our website, 
com for the predictions link, uh, the recommendations, um, the map of Sunnydale that John put up. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's got links to our blog, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, reach out. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to rate and review us on the podcast listener of your choice. And we'll see you in hell.